Amen. Well, we are in the, our 10th week of our parabolic series. We've been talking about uh, the parables. We're not hitting all of the parables, but we're hitting a bunch of them. This is obviously our 10th one. We've been uh, rolling on these parables. And today we're in Luke chapter 12, looking at uh, verses uh, 35 through 40. And uh, let's just go ahead and uh, we're going to read this right quick. It says, Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve and will wait <clears throat> will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them it will be good for those <clears throat> for those servants whose master finds them ready even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night but understand this if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming he would not have let his house be broken into you also must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Over and over again, we see here three different times in verse 35, in verse 38, in verse 40, we see that the point of what Jesus is communicating with this whole parable of the, of the servant being, being prepared and ready, that we are to be ready, that we can't predict when God is going to want to do something in our lives. And for us to be the proper kind of servants, we have to be ready for, ready for him. There in verse 35, it says, Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. Verse 38, it says, It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready. I tell you what, when God starts saying that it's going to be good for you if you do this, I'm going to be a part of that. God knows what good is, man. He is good at good. And uh, then verse 40 says, you, are, you also must be ready. And as we roll through this parable, as we begin to look at it, there's a few key things that we actually need to be ready for. And the first one that we see is obvious right here in the beginning is to be ready for service. He says, you know, that you need to be ready, dressed, <clears throat> dressed, ready for service keeping your lamps burning, keeping the fire going, keeping the lights on. You don't check out. You have to be dressed and ready for service. There's a lot of times there's just something in us that just tells us how we want to serve. There's something in us that's just designed to, to, to give and to, to do something. I've got five kids, and we're constantly you know, talking to them about their future and what they want to do with their lives and all that kind of stuff. And you know, and it changes, you know, sometimes week to week, you know, sometimes, you know, month to month or whatnot. But there was a, a time in Brooklyn's life when Brooklyn, our, our oldest daughter, our second child, decided that she wanted to be an animal protector. And so I love it that it's, you know, she just decided, I don't know if she watched too much uh, Dora and Diego as a kid or or whatnot, but she decided she wanted to, you know, be involved with animals and protect animals, and that was just this, this thing where she just wanted to serve in that capacity. Well, I decided I was going to go ahead and feed that and give an opportunity for her to be able to, 
to, to serve in that capacity. And there, I, one day in my office, I started hearing this noise in the wall. This, this bird was chirping inside my wall, which is an inner office wall. And somehow it had got up in the space and whoop, fell down and could not get enough momentum to fly up out of, you know, about a 10-foot tall wall. And uh, so it just chirped, and uh, I wish I'd say I was as compassionate as my daughter, but I was like, okay, this ain't going to last long. <laughs> you know, there's no food in there. There's no nothing. Uh, I'll go home, and uh, chirping will be gone in the morning. And because uh, it's in the wall, I mean, what are you gonna do? It's in the wall. And uh, so as I, I go home and I'm thinking about this, then there's I see my my daughter who just has this desire to be this ambiguous role of animal protector. And I'm just like, oh, man. I get back to my office, I sit down, and I hear chirp, 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 chirp. So I decide to go and get Brooklyn, and we go on our our first animal protecting adventure we got a uh, got a, a picture there and that's brooklyn we decided to that's the second hole that we poked in the wall because uh my sonar is not as good as other people's and i really thought man i listen I, that that bird is in between these joists right here these studs and you poke the hole and there was no bird and you still hear it chirping like oh. So that's the second hole. And so she stuck her hand down in there to get that little bird. Sure enough, there's a little bird down in there. And uh, so we've got the, the next picture we have is Brooklyn with her, her rescue. That sad little thing over there, that dark spot in the box. It looks like a mouse or something, but it's really a sparrow. It's a little, it's a little bird. And we took it outside and let the little bird go, and it flew away. And, and uh, so we got to, to serve through uh, being an animal protector but there's something is about being ready for service and when that opportunity came up brooklyn was so excited it wasn't like oh i gotta you know get ready i didn't study any classes how am i supposed to do this no there was this little bird in trouble and she was just gonna jump in the middle of it she was just going to do it my kids are uh are like the the neighborhood um they literally watch dogs they look out for dogs to that are that get loose so our neighborhood has a lot of dogs and for some reason they will periodically get out and there's one named Bubba that gets out all the time and they're constantly returning Bubba and uh, but I have a another neighbor who their little dog was out and I didn't know it I wasn't I wasn't home at the time and that neighbor wasn't used to necessarily having having kids around and his expectation of how kids were going to act wasn't wasn't a real high expectation and so he was my again here's there's Brooklyn and the other kids and there's this little dog out and they just the thought of that dog getting hurt or being separated from its owners is just too heartbreaking and uh, so they decided they're going to get this get this dog back into the yard and uh, this uh, uh, this guy was in his shed and all he sees is his dog come flying into the yard, yelping, rah, 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 just, just yelping. Well, my kids had herded it, and so they, he sees my kids, you know, they had herded it back into the yard, but freaked the dog out, and it's yelping, it's all upset, and he just sees all of these kids up in his carport doing stuff like that. So he's assuming they're harassing his dog. So, man, he chewed my kids out, man, and they, whoo, they ran home, and I, I never heard this story from them. <laughs> 
They never, they never confessed to doing this. But a few days later, the neighbor stopped me, and he had just been blown away because he had figured out that my kids had not been harassing his dog, that they were actually saving his dog from running away. And their act of service had just blown him away. And I tell you, my relationship with my neighbor has been different ever since. I mean, he has just been so open and, and, and nice. And, but it's that, that thing of, of service. When you're coming in there to serve somebody, and you're just there for them. It's not about what you can get out of it. It's just about being there for them. Man, it just changes it. And people in this day and age just aren't expecting that. It's just a world where everybody's out for themselves. And whenever you genuinely step up with a heart to serve, and, and sometimes it, it catches people off guard, and then they start looking for the hook. You know, they start looking for, okay, well, why are you doing this? What's in this for you? What are you doing this? And then when they finally realize you just care about them, you just see it melt. It's just they're actually just completely blown away we as servants of god we have to be ready for service we never know when we're going to run in to somebody who's been trapped in a little hole <laughs> you know who's just trapped in some place that they can't get out of on their own and we're going to have to step up and and help them along we have to be ready for service and sometimes sometimes we're going to have to lend aid to people even when they don't know that that's what we're doing we're going to have to be there and be ready, and maybe it's going to dawn on them at a later time. Wait a second, they, that person was not against me. They were for me, and we're going to have to give them the space to maybe be a little ruffled or a little freaked out about it a little bit and just love them through it. And they realize, wait a minute, these people were really for me the whole, <laughs> they were really for me the whole time. We have to not, not based on their response, whether it's a good response, like the little thankful bird flying away, or some grouchy old neighbor who you do something for them and then they jump down your throat you still have to do it it's about loving them it's not about what we get out of it it's about being ready to serve galatians 5:13 says you brothers were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature rather serve one another in love we were set free in christ and we are so incredibly free but we should not use that as a room to just, to just indulge in whatever we want to. We are free now to be able to serve. We can do that thing because used to when we were bound by our sinful nature, if somebody jumps down our throat while we're doing something nice, man, that sinful nature, it gets all fluffed up. It gets all bowed up. Or we do something nice for somebody and they don't thank us. Oh, that sinful nature gets puffed up and bowed up. Guess what? We're free from that, so now we can serve, and it doesn't matter how they respond. They can love us and thank us, and that's great, or they can ignore us and act like it never happened, and that's fine too because that sinful nature isn't involved. We're just free to serve. We're just free to lay out the love of God, and if some people love it, that's great, and if they don't love it, that's fine too because we're not bound up in that other stuff. We're free. We're free to just serve one another. It is such a wonderful, beautiful thing. How many times have you stopped from doing something because you were uh, from doing something good for somebody because you were afraid of some sort of negative ramifications? Maybe they wouldn't accept it. 
Maybe they would be, maybe they'd get their feelings hurt that you helped them out, that somehow they're going to read into it that they were inadequate. All of these different things. Man, all this sinful nature comes in and squelches our desire to serve, our willingness. And man, we are so free. We don't have to do that. We just have to keep a pure heart and go forward. Service, being in service is so incredibly important. Are y'all bound to be familiar with the, the Roman aqueducts? We're using incredible feats of engineering that would go up into the mountains and into the streams and, and bring uh, water a ridiculous amount of miles to places that didn't have it. Well, there in Spain, there was an aqueduct system that was created there in uh, Segovia. And it, it serviced Segovia, brought water out of the mountains and serviced, for, serviced Segovia with clear, pure water. Generation after generation after generation was able to live there because of this aqueduct. It did it for 1,800 years. I mean, that is incredible to be able to think that, uh, you, that a government <laughs> could build something and put it into service and it stay useful for 1,800 years. I mean, that's some incredible engineering. Well, these, these Spaniards decided that they wanted to upgrade and they shifted all of the, the getting the water to, to iron pipes and decided they were going to turn this aqueduct into a monument and quit utilizing it. Well, it was just a matter of a few decades and the aqueduct started crumbling and the pieces of the mortar started coming out and parts of it started to fall. Something that had stood for 1,800 years useful because as that water quit running through it, all of the mortar and everything began to dry out and get brittle and the sun began to bake it. Its longevity was based on its usefulness, on its service. When you took it out of service, it immediately began to deteriorate. I mean, we all know one of the worst things you can do for a car is to sit it and not use it. That's one of the worst things you can do. They're designed to be used. The things are stay healthy and functional and use. You and I are designed the same way. We have to be ready for service. The next thing we see is that the servant was ready immediately to go into action. They was ready immediately to go into action. There wasn't this delay. He stayed where as soon as the master called on him, he didn't have to scramble and get all of his stuff together. He was already dressed. He had his lamp burning. He was waiting by the door. All right, call on me, master. I'm ready. Second hour of the night, boom, I'm ready. Third hour of the night, boom, I'm ready. He was ready to go at a minute's notice. That's one of the things that God is wanting to cultivate in our lives. If you're not there yet, that's fine. But I want to give you a heads up. That's where God is taking you. To be ready no matter what. Because we don't know when our paths are going to cross. And there's just going to be this divine meeting. And we have to be ready to step in. And sometimes they happen at the most inopportune moments. Sometimes we would never plan. And we have to be ready. There in Luke chapter 9, we see this, this guy who missed an opportunity of a lifetime. An opportunity of every lifetime that's ever been see in luke 9 59 through 60 jesus said to another man follow me but the man replied lord first let me go and bury my father and jesus said to him let the dead bury their own dead 
but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Well, that sounds pretty harsh. That Jesus would be that tough on somebody, you know. The family is important. We see that. We learn that in the in the Word. That family is important. This guy saying, "Lord, I'll be happy to follow you. Just first, let me go and bury my father. First, let me go and do that." Well, the 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 history of it isn't that his that the funeral was tomorrow or the next day. A son was going to be there and be able to serve and be there and wait until his father had passed away. And most rabbis lived and had... Jesus was a young rabbi. Remember, he, he went to the cross at 33 years old. He was an incredibly young rabbi. Most rabbis taught for decades upon decades upon decades. This guy thought he had lots of time to join in and be a follower of Jesus. These different rabbis who went around teaching, he thought he had tons of time. And Jesus brings him into perspective. Wait a second. Wait a second. You need to understand what's really important here. You and the kingdom of God is what is really important here. And we don't know what the guy did. We don't know if he, if he had a change of heart or not. It doesn't seem like he did. We don't hear of him again. But we have to be ready immediately. We can't be putting things off. That's the whole point, man. We, we have to plan like we're going to be here forever. And we have to live day to day, not letting anything of importance slip by. No relationship, no any, anything that has a real value slip by. We have to be ready to serve immediately. The next thing we see here is that we have to be ready to be served. And there's some people that they, they don't have a problem serving others. Man, they will work and they will do all sorts of stuff, but you even try to serve them. Oh, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. For some reason, there's some people who have a hard time letting other people do things for them. We see here, as we, uh, as we get into this, it says it will be good for those servants, in verse 37, who's <clears throat> for good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve. We'll have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. At that point, the tables are turned. The master is serving the servants. We have to be willing to allow God to minister into our lives. We have to be willing to allow him to come in for us to pause a little bit and, and let Jesus minister to us. I tell you what, that's one of the things that most people in ministry do because they have a heart to serve and they go, 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 go and they have the hard time of taking the break, turning it off and just letting God minister to them. And so it is so important that we have to be willing to let God minister into our lives. We see here with... Uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 39 through 42, it says that uh, she had called, <clears throat> she had a sister, Martha, it's the she, had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing 
is needed. Only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. One of the uh, advantages of being a mobile church like we are is the fact that, you know, that we can, as God blesses and we have, you know, impacted ministry and other, you know, it's just the, the doors are open. There's just no lid. We can just be mobile. We can go anywhere. And, uh, but one of the other things is the fact that we're mobile. And so much has to be done every week. There's just a lot of effort that has to come in to just setting this stuff up and, and making this thing ready and then, and then tearing it down. And we have to keep in our minds constantly that when it's all said and done, only one thing is needed. Only one thing is needed. We, we blew the breaker on this twice during practice. So we, you know, the projector's gone, the instruments are gone, the sound system's gone, we have no electricity. You know, and so we're like, what happens in worship? What happens when all this goes? Guess what? Only one thing is needed. You know, yes, it's a distraction. Yes, we'd have to push through it. But we don't close it up and go, whoop, church is over, sorry. Hopefully we'll do a better job for you next week. We don't have any power, No. All of these things just are aids. They're just helping. Because really, when it's all said and done, one thing is required. And that's for you and I to get into the presence of God and allow Him to minister into our lives. I, I, can't, I can't change you. Your neighbor can't change you. The person that invited you here can't change you. Your spouse can't change you. But man, I tell you what, some time at the feet of Jesus... Allowing him to serve us and minister to us. That one thing that's required, that changes everything. That changes everything. And in all the hubbub and all that, we have to keep that at the forefront. Whenever next, next month, we're going to be tapping on a lot of y'all's shoulders. And there's going to be a lot of extra people here with all our advertising. And y'all are going to be some busy folks and helping get all of this going and making them feel comfortable and all that. And I want to remind you that in all of that, it's one thing is needed. We have to make sure that we stay focused on Jesus. This is about loving him and serving him and helping other people to join in that. To find the freedom that is in Christ. That is what it is all about. If we have, if everything else is perfect and we miss that, we wasted our time. We wasted our time. I don't care how good the music sounds. I don't care how good the videos run. I don't care how, you know, if I don't say one misstep in what I say, if the presence of God isn't here and we don't make a connection with God himself, we have wasted our time. We're not going to do that. And the good thing is when we gather in his name, he promises to be here. So it's not a hard thing. We just got to stay focused on it. We have to allow others to minister to us. We also have to be ready even when it's inconvenient. We'd already studied the parable of the good Samaritan. It says a Samaritan as he traveled came <clears throat> where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. That that footnote, those deal between the commas, as he traveled. He was going somewhere. He wasn't on a mission to find some hurting person. He wasn't said, man, somebody's bound to be robbed out here and I'm going to help them. No, he was going somewhere. He had an agenda of his own. He had some business he had to take care of. There were things going on in his life. 
And as he was doing that, whoop! There's a man who's been whooped, who's been thrown in the ditch, whose life's beat him. And, he, and this man decided to take time out of his own life. It was inconvenient, but he stepped in and rendered love and care and aid to that guy. Matthew 5, 41 says, If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. We have to be ready, even when it's inconvenient. And then the last thing we see is we have to be ready for the unexpected. Jesus tells us that there in the last couple of verses. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. As we are ready for service, ready to be used by God, I'm telling you, you're going to feel the presence of God show up. At times, you just wasn't <laughs> expecting him to. You're sitting there and you're pumping gas, minding your own business, and you hear the sobs on the other side of the pump. And somebody's going through the worst day of their life. And they're just trying to get through it and sobbing. And you're like, oh my gosh, I just got it. I'm just getting gas, Lord. What are you doing to me? You know, please, Lord, just let me get the gas and go on. I don't hear any sobbing. I don't hear anything. And just let me go on. Instead of me, we may need to say, hey, are you all right? You, is there anything I can pray for you about? You know? We don't know that that moment may have just changed everything in their lives. God shows up in the most unexpected places. That is what is so great. We see the ministry of Jesus and why he was, he was out. And it threw people off because he would be in tax collectors' houses. They're like, God, don't go there. What's the deal? I thought you were some kind of good rabbi. God doesn't go there. He showed up and all this kind of stuff. There was a, a prostitute who was ministering to him. And sobbing and repenting. And they're like, doesn't he know what kind of person this is? And they're allowing her to touch him? He's no, he's no man of God. What is, what's going on with this? Jesus' ministry showed up in unexpected places. Where anybody was hurting, where anybody was in need, it showed up. And we have to be ready for the unexpected. It's not going to be long and the Holy Spirit's going to tap on your shoulder. And just everyday life. And say, hey, I need you to be my body to this person. Whether it's a co-worker. Whether it is the person on the other side of the gas pump. Whether it's somebody run into in the mall or at Target. Jesus shows up in unexpected places. And we have got to be ready. God wants to invade every area of our lives he wants to come into every area of our lives and we have to embrace that invasion to embrace that we must be ready we must be ready as we are uh, winding up here I just want to uh, want to encourage you to be ready to serve to be ready to serve. There may be somebody that, that shows up to the church in the next little while, next few months, and I go, wow, 
man, they would just be a good connection. They've got so much in common. They'd be a good connection with this person. And I may just tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, would you mind spending a little time with this new believer? Would you mind helping coach this person and just being available? We've got to be ready to serve. There may be some places there around here on needing some extra hands every once in a while. We've got to be, we've got to be ready to serve. And Jesus showed up in the most unexpected places. Even a movie theater. So, that's uh, what we want. We want that. And so, but this morning I would be, be wrong of me if I did not make entering into relationship with Jesus available to everyone here this morning. So if everybody could please quickly bow their heads and close your eyes. And if there's anybody here who does not have a relationship with God through the one and only Son, through Jesus, that it's not through church attendance or membership, it's not